Coming up today, we take a deep dive into the top 10 mistakes people make planning for retirement. New Texas has just released a survey of advisors to find out what they see as the most common mistakes people make, and we'll offer some tips to avoid them. Welcome in to your retirement with Sam Welcome once again to Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, and we have a full studio for Dual Financial Strategies today. Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel, and it's all about your retirement. Their number is 866-203-7486, and they can offer you that uh, no-cost, no-obligation retirement lifestyle review. Well, planning for retirement is uh, challenging at best, and of course, financial advisors from around the country were surveyed by the money management firm of Texas uh, to find out what they think is some of the biggest retirement planning mistakes people make are. So, Sam Duell, uh, what is number one? Uh, I guess it's uh, something like underestimating the um, impact of inflation. Uh, yeah, Chuck, that was uh, 49% of advisors cited that. Uh, and we all know what inflation is. We certainly know what inflation is coming out of 2022. Uh, you know, we not only had very high inflation, uh, still do, but uh, we just came out of record inflation years. Uh, but in conjunction with that, the S&P was also down about 20%. And we can't eat what would be called nominal returns, meaning returns before counting inflation, because if you know, if a loaf of bread is $6, if a gallon of milk is $5, and if a dozen eggs is, is $5, well, that still takes more money out of your pocket to buy those things. Uh, so we still talk about things a lot of times in nominal terms rather than in real terms, but you do have to be very aware of what your purchasing power is in light of inflation. Yeah, it's really true. And also, Andy, underestimating how long you'll live. Uh, people want to be as optimistic as possible, of course, but uh, nobody has all the answers when it comes to that. Well, that's absolutely true. I think many, many people actually, for whom we talk to, underestimate for sure how long they'll live. They they don't want to believe that they will live as long um, in many cases. And frankly, the medical community's job is to keep you alive. So understand that you're, when we're planning for your retirement dollars and cents, we are thinking in the 30 plus year term. And many of those surveyed said this should be on the top of their list, people have a greater um, fear of living too long than of dying. So that's something that we have to take into consideration. And for females, the average 65-year-old can expect to live until 86 years old. But then I go into how many people do you know that have reached into their 90s, well into their 90s, and keep going even into you know 100. So it's something that we have to plan for. Absolutely true. Uh, how about this one, Luke? Overestimating your investment income. Uh, almost half the people uh, that Texas uh, talked about uh, there are uh, overestimating what their uh, retirement income or their investment income will be for retirement, right? Yeah, and I think when we when they're thinking about investment income here, it can also be the level of assets that they need to save, uh, because the uh, David Goodsell over there at Natixis, he cited something that we say all the time. And that the families that come to us all the time say, and that is that, well, when you're nearing retirement, the goal is to have a million dollars or two million dollars or three million dollars in order to successfully be able to retire. And people that don't have that level don't feel like they can successfully retire. And that's just not true today. Um, and he also points out um, that a million dollars today, even at a, a reasonable withdrawal rate of, say, 4%, which historically has been in place. We know we've got to reevaluate that and look at that in the current conditions. But 
you know, 4% of a million dollars, that's $40,000 a year. So is that going to be enough? Is that not going to be enough? But many people overestimate the amount that they're going to need because they're not taking a look at the finer points of their individual circumstances. How about this one, Sam? A number four on that list of 10 big mistakes that people have in retirement planning, uh, being a little too conservative with investments. Yeah, we see that happen, especially uh, coming out of a year like we just had in 2022, where um, because human emotion is so strong in these things, now people will go to cash and they'll hold money in cash, they'll hold uh, money in deposits, uh, and they just won't have anything in longer term investments. And that that usually means stock. I mean, we've literally seen people coming in the office this year with 400,000, 600,000, $1.2 million heading in cash. um, And they don't know what to do about it, but they're also just like frozen with emotion and don't want to do anything about it. So um, you're basically, you're you're losing money every day by virtue of the fact because people will go to cash and say, well, I'm scared I'm going to lose money. You leave it in cash, you're guaranteed you're going to lose money because you can't set in the bank at a half a percent when inflation is running six and a half percent and, and kid yourself that you're making money because you're not. And based on history, over any 20-year period, stocks would have made you six times as much money as a three-month pet treasury bill does. And most of you aren't sitting in three-month treasury bills. You're sitting in cash. So the number is even bigger than that. So really sitting in cash at this point in time, um, unless you have an immediate need for that money, I don't see the point. Yeah, I got a pleasant surprise. <laughs> Speaking of interest rates, uh, when I went to the bank last week and I went from 0.04% in a very large account to 1.5%. And I was ecstatic. <laughs> it's just everything's, everything's got a different perspective. How about this one, Andy? Setting unrealistic return expectations. Sometimes we think we're going to get more out of our investments than we actually do. I think that's something that we see often. And, you know, in the financial advisor world, those that were um, surveyed actually said that on average, their clients are expecting an earn return somewhere around 17.5% above inflation. Even the financial advisors themselves are expecting 7% above inflation. So there's a large difference between expectations of clients, expectations of financial advisors. Um, And we see sort of the flip on the reverse side if we're looking at risk. But even for high risk portfolios of 100% U.S. stocks, the S&P 500, the long-term average has only been 6.8% percent inflation or plus inflation. So for those so-called balanced portfolios of 60% stocks and 40% bonds, the figure is less, like 5%. So it's something that we have to take into consideration is really setting up our clients so that they can have successful expectations about what's realistic. 10 mistakes that uh, we don't want you to make out there for dual financial strategies in terms of uh, your retirement planning. And number six on the list, Luke, is forgetting to factor in health care costs. How many times have we talked about the fact that, uh, boy, you better be careful uh, with your health, number one, and better be prepared if you're not? Hey, absolutely. This is a, an, a huge area of planning consideration going into retirement. Fidelity estimates that the average 65-year-old couple is going to spend in excess of $300,000, $315,000 to cover their future health care costs. Now, granted, some of you are going to be less than that, but some of you will be more than that. That's just the average number. And what we have to consider is that Medicare, which is partially free, partially we have to pay for it, for most people over the age of 65, um, you also need to remember that you also are going to have some out-of-pocket expenses. You're going to have deductibles. You're going to have co-pays. You're going to have co-insurance. So these are all factoring into your health care costs. 
And we haven't had discussions yet about the other elephant in the room down the road, which is going to be long-term care, which Medicare does not cover. Absolutely. How about uh, failing to understand, Sam, your income sources? Because they come from different places, Social Security being one of them. Yeah, it used to be a three-legged stool. It used to be you had your pension, you had your Social Security, and you had your savings. But we live in a world today where uh, very, very few of you have pensions anymore. So what happened to the third leg? And are the other two legs strong enough to support you through retirement? So where's that income source going to come from? Uh, You also have to uh, worry about uh, making mistakes, making blunders. One of the biggest mistakes that we see people make is taking Social Security too early uh, or being talked into it or talking yourself into, well, I'm going to take it because if I don't take it, uh, it's all just going to go away. Folks, these are all scare tactics. These are all things that are designed to scare you out of your mind. and you're all scared to death that you're not going to get your money back out of Social Security again, you got to quit making these mistakes. You have to look at your retirement situation realistically. You have to look at it in the most efficient manner possible. And claiming Social Security because you have some sort of a a morbid fear that uh, you're not going to get it uh, is just simply not realistic, and it's not planning. That's just making spot decisions. Yeah, and uh, Andy, to dovetail on uh, what Sam was just saying, how about relying too much on these public benefits like Social Security? Uh, you, You can lean on it too much. Uh, absolutely. I, I mean, I think the the difference between now and yesteryear has often been the case of people feeling like um, Social Security is like what their pension used to be. And in reality, it really was never meant to be that. It was meant to be a supplement. It was never meant to be your primary source of retirement benefits. And I think that's really challenging because we've paid into Social Security for so long. And then as our longevity has increased, um, it has put a bigger and bigger toll on that particular pile of money but in all reality that's what pensions used to be is that primary source of income that you save forever and uh, not having that now I think people look at it as the same as their pensions absolutely well the penultimate uh, mistake uh, number nine out of ten here Luke is how about underestimating real estate costs yeah or factoring real estate costs into the or real estate into the planning scenario i mean all the time we'll have people come in and say hey this these this is what we have this is what our real estate is Um, but when you go into retirement it's more about income now less about net worth more about where are you getting paid from social security pension 401ks and you can't really spend the house so if you have a primary home you can't really spend that so including that in your um plan while it's part of the puzzle it's not going to provide for the day-to-day benefits and if you were to sell that home you still have to have somewhere to live but if that house is paid off you're debt free you've sailed into retirement you're feeling pretty good um, you still have to remember that there's other costs the property taxes are going to go up you're going to have insurance you're going to have maintenance costs so keep that in mind um, and adjust accordingly all right and finally sam uh, what can you do for people who are uh, trying to be too aggressive in their investments Uh, i guess you got to back them off well, that's one. That's the number 10 mistake is that, you know, it seems like we go from feast or famine. We go from being too conservative, having too much cash to being too aggressive and trying to chase the market. We see that a lot. Uh, or we'll see people that are expecting, you know, they're expecting eight, nine, 10 percent rates of return. Uh, and I guess I would challenge you to 
pull all of the statements that you've had in your investment accounts for your entire investing career. Uh, and you show me a place in time where you made sustained long-term uh, eight, nine, 10% rates of return, and we can have that conversation. But the reality is none of you ever have uh, because the market never has. It's never done that, not for long periods of time. So we have to be realistic about what the market can do. We certainly have to be realistic about it uh, in terms of the uh, volatility of the market. And just remember, the more aggressive you get, the more you want to try to make, the more you have a chance to lose. Absolutely. Well, you won't lose when you deal with dual financial strategies uh, because Sam, Andy, and Luke are at your service uh, as fiduciaries who are, uh, well, in good care of your retirement with the retirement lifestyle review that they can provide for you. And it's at no cost, no obligation. And all you have to do is pick up the telephone right now and call 866-203-7486 to get that no cost, no obligation appointment with uh, Sam, Andy, or Luke, either at their uh, Green Bay office or the Appleton office, anywhere in the Fox Valley, you're listening to us. It's all about your retirement. So pick up that phone right now and give them a call at Dual Financial Strategies and make your appointment to um, talk about your retirement and how you are going to deal with it without making a mistake. 866-203-7486. What's coming up next, Sam? Well, Chuck, the only cost in life is change. And with that in mind, we're sharing seven milestones to speak with your advisor about. And we're back here at uh, Dual Financial Strategies with your retirement. Thank you for joining us each and every week. We've got Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel in studio. And uh, I guess when you have a big life change, you might consider speaking to a spouse or a doctor or an attorney or uh, take to your uh, social media page for advice in this day and age, which I don't know if I would, but uh, there's plenty of life events here that uh, you can, uh, can speak with your financial advisor about, that's for sure, and that's what uh, they are here for at Dual Financial Strategies at 866-203-7486, because things change in life, and, uh, well, one of the things we have to be uh, aware of here, Sam, especially in an economy that uh, is teetering on recession here, you may have a job change, or even worse, a loss of your job. Yeah, we've seen both, certainly, uh over the last few years, there's been a lot of turmoil in the job market, people retiring maybe a little earlier than they thought they were going to, or people kind of being retired earlier than they thought they were going to simply because the job was no longer available. So you have to think about these things. And we find that the biggest challenge, particularly those of you that are under the age of 65 face, uh, if there's a job change or more accurately for what we have conversations with you about, uh, if you change that job or if you, you retire, is the healthcare challenge. How are you gonna bridge that gap between today and 65 when you go on Medicare? Where's that money going to come from? Are you gonna be able to keep your income level at a, at, a, at a point to where you can qualify for Affordable Care Act subsidies so that your uh, insurance premiums are minimized? Or are you gonna be paying full boat? I mean, will, will you be paying 1,500, 2,000, $2,500 a month for health insurance? So the number one question we get from all of you is what about the healthcare insurance bridge and whether you're changing jobs, whether you've lost a job, if you're under the age of 65, that's certainly a big one to consider. I guess it's called COBRA for a reason because it could strangle you if you don't have that healthcare. If you haven't reached 65, you don't have to go on COBRA. It's uh, yeah, I mean, that, that gets expensive too, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Andy, uh, again, we look at changes in life, and sometimes uh, 
For somebody who's been married 47 and a half years, I, I have trouble relating with the, the divorce situation, but it does happen. Uh, but then, of course, if you were single, getting married, or then uh, the possibility of losing a spouse. The, all of those changes in marital status can make a change in terms of your tax and also in your retirement plan. Oh, it absolutely can. I mean, if we think about it, how you file if you're married, um, the the bans, at least at this point in time, um, the bans on taxation are are bigger and you have more room within them. But if you're single, they're quite low. And that's something most people don't factor in or don't have any conversations on. So, you know, things like the distribution of a pension or retirement plan or child support obligations and alimony can all have a significant impact on your future circumstances. And a second marriage in particular can be really important to consider the financial impact and strategically position oneself, especially if assets are planned to remain with each of your families. So that's something we have seen often where loss of a spouse in whichever way that comes now remarried and having to go through that a lot of that is estate planning and so it's something that you absolutely need to have conversations with your financial advisor your CPA and your attorney to make sure that you are covering all the basis and that you are um, you have everything arranged as you really want it we're talking about changes in your life uh, style, uh, life events uh, here on uh, this segment of your retirement with dual financial strategies. And Luke, uh, caring for a parent or the illness of an aging parent. Some people are, I hate to say saddled with that, but certainly I have to take on that responsibility uh, willingly or unwillingly in some cases. Right. more And more and more being put in that situation as we all live longer, uh, we're seeing more and more uh, people that are coming in to see us and they're they're in that financial red zone they're a few years from retirement but mom and dad or mom needs help and so they're they're stepping up to the plate and many of them are starting to say well do i need to delay my retirement as a result of the added costs or the factors that are going on here so i'll echo the message that andy was just talking about too if you're in that situation if you're caring for a parent, I mean, having proper estate planning in place for them is really important. But I think what you'll start to see is that having estate planning in place for you is really important to get this in order so that the same thing doesn't happen to your loved ones when when the roles might be a little reversed. Absolutely. A life changes is what we're talking about in this segment here for Dual Financial Strategies, where you can reach them at 866-203-7486 for that uh, retirement lifestyle review. And that's one of the things you need to do, right, Sam, to prepare for retirement, because uh, it, this is not a do-it-yourself proposition for many of our listeners. Well, for most people, it's not. You know, the word retirement planning has the word planning in it. But planning isn't one-sided. See, I think a lot of times people get the idea that, well, I'll just go in and the, the advisor is going to tell me what to do. Well, we can't just tell you what to do. We've got, obviously, a couple of decades of experience. We've met with hundreds, probably thousands of you and walked you into and to and through retirement, but you are an equal partner in that. You have to bring to the table, what do you want your retirement to look like? What are your plans for retirement? Because that's, it's your retirement. You know, it's enticing just to say, well, I, we'll just jump into this and take social security and off we go. But uh, you got to think about health insurance. You got to think about social security eligibility. You got to think about pension. You got to think about retirement plan distributions. You got to think about 
taxes. You have to think about um, estate planning. You, there's so many things that you have to think about that you have to be fully engaged in the planning process with your advisor if you want it to be successful. Because as I said, never forget, this is your money. This is your retirement. You have to be a part of the planning process. Absolutely true. And I guess, Andy, with the, the uh, number of people who are having children, uh, maybe even a little bit later in life, uh, maybe into their late 30s, early 40s, the birth of a child, uh, again, is one of those things that can uh, alter uh, your future retirement plan because it's expensive <laughs> to have a child or two or three or four. So financial planning uh, in that vein for your retirement is, is key. It is, absolutely. And if you think about it, I mean, many of the people that are listening to this program right now um, are in the area of your children maybe having grandchildren late in life. And so, you know, it may be a case where you are helping them out. And and there are things that you can do for structuring a financial plan if you want to help your kids with the with your grandchildren. As far as setting a 529 plan up or a review of your life insurance policy, your entire estate plan, you know, things that you really need to consider um, can change, of course, when we have these life-altering situations. And um, family is the most important, but you do have to make sure that you are not um, giving too much if you don't have it. We find that often where children are struggling today. um, And as you know, parents and grandparents, it's very hard not to help those that we love the most. So be very conscientious that you are not putting yourself in a position that you can't dig yourself out of. That's true. And uh, again, we're talking changes uh, in uh, lifestyle, changes in life planning, uh, and how it really affects uh, your uh, retirement planning, because change is ever present. It's omnipresent, Uh, in a lot of family situations. And again, we go back, Luke, to talking about health because there could be a a change for you or your spouse or a loved one that can affect your retirement. Yeah, and we're hitting heavy on health this week. Um, And and every plan, as we've talked about, is going to have um, some considerations for those costs down the road is going to account for, you know, your health insurance is going to account for long term care and how you do that. But the important part, when you're talking with your advisor, when you're having these conversations is realizing that this area is going to need to be modified over time because we can't foresee every event that comes up. We can't foresee that mom or grandma gets sick or that husband or wife gets sick. So we need to have plans that can be nimble, that can change um, to accommodate your needs as those events occur right around us. Okay, when we speak, Sam, about uh, doing something uh, that can enhance our retirement, maybe we're going to be teased with a big investment opportunity. But uh, I guess buyer beware or be cautious, I suppose, before you do such a thing. You just have to understand where's the efficiency coming from in anything that you're doing. I'll give you an example. I mean, we'll see people that will say, uh, well, I think we should pay our house off. We still owe $100,000 on our house. And we just, we don't like the feeling of having that mortgage payment. So we're just going to pay that off. But then Andy or Luke or I will question you further and we'll find out that that $100,000 mortgage you've got on your house, that you've got the thing financed at 2.75%. And if you take the money, it's like, where's it going to come from? Well, 99 times out of 100, for most people, it's going to have to come out of your IRA or your 401k because that's where the bulk of your savings is. So now all of a sudden, we're going to pull $100,000 out of this account that we're going to need for the rest of our lives. 
and we're going to pay state taxes on it, and we're going to pay federal taxes on it. We're literally going to reduce the value of this account by somewhere between 17% and 25%. Depending on how much that is, it can affect your Medicare costs also. Yeah, you could you could uh, bump up against Irma. Or all of a sudden, if I'm going to pay off a $100,000 mortgage, I've got to take $125,000 out of my account just to get my hundred. All the while, I'm doing that on a debt that I could fully and easily service by leaving the $125,000 in there and just taking out portions of it to help make the mortgage payment because you own the money cheap. You own it at two and three quarters percent. So what we're saying is you have to think about these things. And that is the advisor's role. The advisor's role is to throw you the alternatives and the what ifs, but don't get dead set on doing something until you've actually worked your way through it and said, oh yeah, no, I see what you're saying there. And it would make sense to do B instead of A. Absolutely. So Sam, what can we do for our listeners? Well, we just want to try to get you guys started down the right path. We're, we're seeing so many these misconceptions with people coming in today. Uh, We're seeing uh, excessive amounts of fear. We're seeing excessive amounts of cash. Uh, We're seeing people just not really making the greatest financial decisions right now. Uh, We're seeing people delaying retirement right now because they lost money in 2022. But when you look at it in the whole scheme of things, the amount of money you lost in 2022 compared to the 25 or 30 years you're going to be in retirement, and you say, well, maybe I should work six more months. Well, come on, folks, you've been working for 35 or 40 years. Another six months isn't going to make any difference in the success or failure of your of your uh, of your retirement. So we just want to get you headed down that road in the right way, get you comfortable, make sure that you are doing the things that you need to do and that you're making a good informed decision on something that is a lifelong event. 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. Sam has penned a book, Purpose Determines Placement. He'll explain what that all means when you have that meeting because it's in its second printing and it's a very valuable uh, literary tool when it comes to retirement. So again, that retirement lifestyle review can be yours very easily when you uh, get a no-cost, no-obligation appointment uh, with Dual Financial Strategies where they're over 20 years of experience at 866-203-7486. I often wonder if I'm doing better than my parents or my grandparents, and maybe some of our listeners do as well, Sam. Well, it's a question. You know, will you be better off or will you be worse off in retirement than your parents or grandparents? When we come back, the results of a survey with some startling facts about planning for retirement. Well, we're going to do another survey again here as we return to uh, uh, your retirement. I'm Chuck Caton for Dual Financial Strategies, along with Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel, and, of course, Sam Duell. And it only stands to reason uh, that retirement for future generations will be as different than it is today. But uh, what do we think it'll be like? Uh, this is what we uh, want to know. And we've got some results from a recent report from the insurance company, Agon, all right, buyer be gone, woe be gone, but this is Agon. And Sam, what do we talk about here? Uh, uh, some facts about the aging population. I don't feel any uh, older than I am. I, I feel actually pretty good, but you've got some statistics about this in history. Well, it's the, you know, the thing is, is that we are an aging society. And when you really look at the numbers and you realize the, the pressure that this aging society is going to, or this, you know, this aging population is going to put on society, the pressure it puts on social programs, the pressure it puts on private programs, the pressure it puts in a lot of places. But in 1950, 
there were 205 million people in the United States that were over the age of 60. Fast forward to 2017. Any guesses how many people were over the age of 60? Hmm. Almost a billion. Wow. From 205 million to almost a billion, that's nearly a five-fold increase. And by 2050, that's not that far down the road. It's estimated that the group of people over the age of 60 will comprise 2.1 billion people. So you need to think about that. You need to think about the aging population, the positives of that, the potential negatives of that, the pressures that that could cause. But that's where we're thinking at is, okay, all of these things are going to come into play and we have to be efficient about it. All right, I'm going to be 98 that year, so I expect to do this show with you, and you'll be probably, what, uh, 37 by that time or something? Yeah, I'm guessing. <laughs> you'll be like uh, Jack Benny. You'll be 39 forever. Okay. All right, Andy, uh, how about some of the other changes? We talk about uh, things that could be different uh, and that certainly are different today. In this environment, how about losing faith in government? I mean, that, that seems to be a, a, a rampant thought today. I was actually surprised that it wasn't more. So about half of those surveyed by Aegon believe future retirees will be worse off in retirement than their parents. Over 90% of workers and retirees say that governments must do something to address the costs of Social Security. Meanwhile, barely 40% of workers have an employer that contributes to their retirement plan, and less than 40% are consistently saving for retirement on their own. So if you have a loss in faith in government, then you need to be doing everything you can to build a solid retirement nest egg for yourself that you can depend on. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And and I suppose when we look at some of the uh, mitigating circumstances uh, to working, Luke, and I know everybody, there could be a, a vast segment of our audience that loves what they do and they want to work into their 70s and maybe into their early 80s, even if it's a part-time thing, but working until you drop, is that going to be something that uh, maybe uh, we look ahead to our kids and grandkids will have to do? Yeah, I mean, at least with, with regard to this survey, just over half of current employees envision a transition into retirement that includes some sort of work, whether that's full-time, whether that's part-time. Um, and what I guess is, I think, important to know is whether you feel like you have to work because maybe you're behind the eight ball a little bit or or have you really stepped into and started to understand the different nuances of retirement, what you're going to need, what you have? Do you have enough? Um, because I think most people assume that they don't. And that's why they're biased towards this. Well, I need to work. Um, but I would encourage you find out do you need to work or is this a no you're really in a good position uh, which many of you are um, and that gives you the freedom to say well if you are going to work it's because you want to and that will totally alter you know the types of roles you'll go after the things maybe that you'll put up with um, and so forth so you know do you need to work or do you not need to work work until you well i know some people who want to shop till they drop but i don't know if i want to work till i drop that's for sure no all right we're talking with sam dual eddie schooler luke ben abel 866-203-7486 to get that retirement lifestyle review from dual financial strategies and please don't hesitate uh, we're talking to you each and every week because it is very important for you uh, to know uh, about your retirement and to uh, execute a plan, which they will help you with, so that you can be successful in retirement with a retirement lifestyle review. All right, and one of those elements, Sam, is uh, helping people think about what to invest in because uh, most people say, I, I really don't know how to invest. No, I, and it's very true. You know, the, the 401k and the company retirement plans, if you will, 
came into play in the early 80s. And that's when pension plans went away. And we know that the vast majority of you will not have a pension when you retire. So that means it's on you. But only about 30% of the people that we talk to and that they've talked to in this survey really feel like they have a good handle on that because you're not. I mean, you've been savers your entire life. You know, you just put away $150 out of a paycheck every couple of weeks. You picked four or five mutual funds in your company 401k plan. You don't really put a lot of thought into it after that. So knowing what types of things to be in and when to be in them is vitally important. And even more than that, knowing what not to be in. But you have to be educated. And that's where we find the great uh, disconnect comes in is that you're not educated. That was the that was the number one emphasis when I started this business that I didn't believe that people were being educated about retirement. I didn't believe they were being educated about investing in retirement. I didn't think they were being educated about anything having to do with retirement. They were simply being sold products. So that's where we took an entirely different approach to it. That's where we took an entirely different mindset in building this business and building this company and working with so many of you in the Fox Valley was that we said, education first, then we'll talk about solutions. If you see Luke, he does these public events, these two-night teaching events, Events. He's doing educational events, folks. Go and listen to him speak in Depier. Go and listen to him speak in the Appleton area. They're going to educate you on things that you need to know about, not give you a sales pitch, but educate you. So educate yourself no matter how you do that. The only thing I would probably caution against is uh, getting real hung up on educating yourself on the Internet because... My experience is everything you see on the Internet, especially when it comes to retirement planning and investing, well, it just ain't necessarily so. All right. Party and Bess. I love it. Okay. It isn't. It's absolutely true that uh, you cannot uh, trust or believe a lot of what you uh, read on the Internet. That's for sure. All right, Andy, what about health? We're bringing up health care concerns once again, because if we're asking the question, if you're going to be better or worse off in retirement than your parents or grandparents, we have modern medical technology at our disposal. And so there's no excuse for not staying as healthy as uh, we can. But sometimes we don't have full control of that. No, we don't. And, you know, half of those surveyed said that declining health is a major concern for retirement, and it should be. Many people worry that they will not be able to remain active in retirement and are particularly concerned about developing some form of dementia. That is a realistic possibility today. Over one third of current retirees say that they had to retire sooner than planned, and the number one reason was health problems. But less than half of people say that they have taken cost of health into account in making plans for financial retirement. So that becomes a bigger challenge of how do you facilitate both of those things. Healthcare is a major situation going into retirement. And the first 10 years are generally pretty good, but the remaining years that you have can sometimes be a struggle. So we have to plan for that. And uh, going along with that, Luke, is longer life expectancy because you stay healthier, uh, as we've said before, with nutrition, uh, with modern medicine. Uh, we are living longer, so you've got a plan for that. You absolutely do. And while most people are are living longer, the interesting thing is, you know, financial show, we help people with retirement, we talk about, you know, correlation of assets, we look at that for families, but there's another interesting correlation, and that's between workers who pay attention to their health and how prepared they are for retirement. So what do we mean by this? It just means that those of you who 
focus on maybe eating well, exercising, having, you know, your routine checkups and preventative things that you do ahead of time, you tend to be better prepared for retirement. So keep this in mind and be purposeful, not only with your money, but also with your health, uh, because these two things go hand in hand and will help you live longer, be more successful than maybe even your parents were in this area. All right. uh, So as we wrap up this segment, Sam, uh, a lot of people uh, in the Fox Valley are um, staying in their own home and uh, wanting to do so uh, maybe uh, as long as they can. Yeah, I mean, it's just natural. Probably 70% or more people would prefer to stay at home as they age and if their health starts to fail. Uh, and the vast majority of you are able to do that. You know, In a lot of cases, we see people prior to retirement We'll start making some minor home modifications to make that possible. Uh, maybe they start, uh, they have some projects done to get their house to where it's more uh, wheelchair accessible, to where it would be more walker accessible, uh, things of that nature. So you can make minor modifications in that area, bathrooms, things of that of that uh, nature. Um, but then you also just need to look at that and say, okay, what would be my, uh, you know, what would be my plan if I do start to lose my health and I have to someone have someone come and care for me, or if I need that extra help? Can you afford it? Would you be able to pay out of your retirement funds, out of your ancillary cash? Uh, do we need to look at some sort of a policy or a plan for you to help you cover those types of expenses? So. People are staying in their home more and more and more before they go to an institution, which is a good thing. It's what most people should be. Every study shows that most people do much better in their own home than they do in an institutional setting. But there are some things that come along with that that you just have to think about ahead of time. Chuck, that's just another one of the things that we talk about when we do retirement lifestyle reviews, when we're meeting with people. It's a lot of whys. It's a lot of what ifs. It's a lot of have you thought about this type of a thing. So you bring questions. We also bring questions to the table. But really, Chuck, the hour or so that we're going to get together with you, whether it's in our Green Bay office or our Appleton office, is simply going to be a listening session. Obviously, we'll be talking and asking you questions, but our goal in that meeting is to just really listen to you in a very, very specific way so that we can get an understanding of who you are, what you are, what you're trying to achieve, how you want to go about achieving it, what's important to you, what's scary to you. The list goes on and on and on, but we've got a couple of decades experience of listening to people, so we've gotten fairly good at it, and we believe that if we can sit down and have an honest conversation with you, that you'll realize that we do know what we're talking about, we do know what we're listening for, and that we can in fact, be of tremendous value to you in setting up and going through your retirement. It's a wonderful exercise, ladies and gentlemen, that you should go through with Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, and Luke Van Abel at Duell Financial Strategies because they've got over a score of years of experience helping people to and through retirement with their wonderful advice. And as he's just said, Sam just said, they're good listeners and they will listen to your situation and make it comfortable for you because it is all about your retirement. So pick up the phone now and call 866 That's 866-203-7486 to get that no-cost, no-obligation meeting and get that retirement lifestyle review cooking for you. Fast-moving show, Sam. What's coming up next? Well, question and answer time. You're listening and you've got questions, and we're listening to you, and we've got some answers. (laughs) 
Back on your retirement, our final segment is always our question and answer segment with Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel of Duell Financial Strategies. And if you missed the number uh, before we broke, uh, it is 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486, Retirement Lifestyle Review. And again, Sam, Andy, and Luke are wonderful listeners to your situation. We've covered a lot of different things here, Sam, but we've got questions now uh, for each of you. And I think you're all set to go, huh? Yeah, we're ready to roll. All right, we'll go to Algoma. Dan is there, and he's got a simple question for you, Sam. How do I pick an advisor? And how should a financial advisor be paid? Yes. Well, it's interesting, Dan, because it's a simple question with not such a not such a pat and simple answer. We would tell you that the first thing you need to consider when you're choosing a financial advisor above all other things, are they a fit? Are they a fit for you? Are you a fit for them? Will they and can they do the things that you want them to do? Is their personality a fit? Is their office environment a fit? Is their ideology a fit? All of those types of things will come into play because this is a person you're going to be engaging with for a long number of years. And conversely, they're going to decide or they should decide, are you a fit for them? So the first thing I would say is, are you a fit for each other? Does it feel good? Does it feel like a good relationship? And then secondarily, how are they going to be paid? There is no pad answer on that either, unfortunately, no fun, no uh, pun intended, but there isn't one because how they get paid depends upon how you are engaging with them. What you need to understand though, in, uh, in, in light of getting paid is what is their requirement to you in so far as the way that you are treated or the way that you're engaged with. In other words, are they a fiduciary or are they simply a best interest advisor? Because there's two different things. Fiduciary means that they have your best interest first and foremost. They are contractually, legally, regulatorily obligated to do what's in your best interest. These types of advisors, you will almost always find the, the basis of their business is fee-based. They're probably going to charge you a percent of the assets that you have under management. And those fees could range anywhere from probably three quarters of a percent to 2%. It just depends upon who they are and what the size and complexity of it is. So those folks are going to be usually reimbursed directly by you. Now, a person in that capacity could also have insurance licenses where they do uh, life insurance, they might do Medicare supplements, they might do fixed annuities. Well, if they do those types of things, then they're also going to be paid by an insurance company or by the company issuing those policies. In no circumstance should you ever pay an advisor a fee for a commission-based product. That happens, folks. We see this. It's called a wrap fee, mm -hmm. where they will just take the entirety of the value of your accounts, they will wrap their fee around it, and they never disclose to you that they've actually double or triple dipped by also making a commission on things they're also charging you a fee to manage. So under no circumstances should you ever, ever be paying wrap fees on your entire account. Ask that question. It doesn't matter how they get paid, whether they're getting paid by you or paid by somebody else. As long as they can separate their own best interest from it, as long as they can work in your best interest, and as long as they can do the things that are needed by you and not being driven by a sales agenda. All right. Excellent. Thorough answer by Sam Duell there on a very, uh, well, what was seemed to be a simple question. But again, the, this is the kind of advice you'll be getting uh, when you, you'll get it uh, thorough and uh, in uh, plain language uh, from the folks at Dual Financial Strategies. Let's go to Darboy now, and Kirk is there. 
Uh, Andy, this is a question for you. He says, I'm almost 40, and between my wife and me, we've got about $300,000 in different retirement accounts. Our combined income is $160,000, and we save 20% a year currently. Uh, retirement is something uh, I've always been anxious about because I grew up uh, without a lot of money and have older relatives in their late 60s who have never been able to retire or got stuck working menial jobs in order to afford groceries. So my goal is to be able to walk away from everything at 62 if I want. Well, Kurt, I guess the one thing I would say, I'm not entirely sure what your question is if it's a matter of can you walk away at 62 if you want you're doing a great job on saving money $32,000 a year roughly is 20% of 160 so I guess in the next 22 years if that's your goal if we had no market fluctuations you would add another roughly $704,000 to your retirement nest egg now I don't know what kind of retirement accounts you have so are you primarily a Roth are you primarily a traditional IRA those are going to be taxed incredibly differently. Your Roth at the, under these rules are not going to be taxed. Your IRA will. So if you're continuing to save money in an IRA, a traditional IRA, then we don't know what the tax ramifications of that are going to be come 20 years down the road. So there's a few things that we have to look at. Healthcare is another big thing. If you're considering walking away from your job and it has healthcare at 62, then you, again, as we've covered a little bit earlier, have to make up for Medicare or your health insurance costs until you can turn on Medicare. So I, I'm not entirely sure if I'm answering your questions, but just from a um, thought process of will you have enough or would you have enough by that point in time? Possibly. Um, I don't know what inflation is going to be at that point in time. Hopefully not what we're dealing with right now. So I, I guess good job on the saving. Keep up with that. I would just want to know a few more details as to whether or not you are primarily doing that in a Roth. And there's some other tools that you can use if you find yourself in a position with additional discretionary income. Then we could look at LERP plans or something else that would create tax-free buckets of money. All right. Very good answer there. And I know when I was 40, I didn't even know about fixed index annuities or any of the things that, uh, you know, we have currently in a portfolio. So I guess uh, maybe he didn't ask the question there. So he was just telling you how good a saber he was. And it was very, right, very impressive there. All right. Luke Meredith in Bellevue wants to know, I honestly have no idea if I'm saving enough, not enough or too much. And I don't include inheritances in my planning because I view it as somebody else's money that they have the right to uh, spend completely. Uh, and I'd rather be surprised and grateful uh, that and then plan on something that I don't receive. So part of uh, what uh, added uh, to the confusion in my case is the old adage that you should budget 80% of your pre-retirement salary in retirement. Now, that seems high to me. Am I going about this in the right way philosophically? Can you help me sort things out? Hi, Meredith. I completely agree with the um, not including the inheritance money into your retirement planning for the reasons that you mentioned and more. Um, and there's so much conflicting information out there on the Internet. Um, so I get that you're confused about how much do I need and what do I budget? What you really have to look at is your specific situation. Um, I don't know a lot of those different factors, but what's really important in finding somebody that's going to help you make these decisions, in addition to are they a fiduciary, in addition to are they a fit with you, is what is their focus in retirement? Are they focused on helping people that are at your stage of the game or are they kind of focused on helping everybody that's out there. Most of our successful families come to us because they're looking for help with this specific area and all the different nuances that go with it. And why is this important, Meredith? Well, let me give you an example. If you needed 
heart surgery. Would you go to your family practice doctor to have that done? Absolutely not. Nope, none of us would do that. So what you want to look for is somebody who's focused on retirement. And I'm not sure how much we can help. Um, but I knew we, I know we can get you started in the right direction. Um, and we also don't accept every client that comes through our door, but let's have a conversation to determine where you're at now, where do you want to go and what are maybe some things that you need to do from here? All right, let's go to Victoria. Now our final question for you, Sam uh, from De Pere is, uh, uh, Victoria's and she says, I retired, uh, just a couple of weeks ago at the end of 2022, but I still have a room within the 2022 annual contribution limit to contribute toward my Roth. Now, I will not be earning income in 2023, uh, so can I still contribute toward the 2022 limit? Yeah, that that is, it's confusing to people. And the short answer to that, um, Victoria, is yes. You had earned income in 2022, but people get confused because we have until April. I think this year it's April the 18th, I believe. I think 17th, 18th. 17th, yep. 18th. Is it? 18th, okay. It's somewhere between today and the 18th. <laughs> but because it's, I think it falls on a weekend or something like that, we have a, a couple of extra days filing. But anyway, it's confusing because we're working in the rearview mirror. We're doing this year and making contributions based upon stuff that happened last year. So, yes, you have until tax deadline in in calendar year 2023 to make your Roth contribution for 2022. And since you worked in 2022 and you had earned income, because that's the rule, in order to make the Roth contribution, our regular IRA contribution, you merely had to have had earned income in at least the amount that you're making the contribution for. And earned income is simply you have a job and you get a W-2 or you're self-employed and you issue yourself or someone issues you a 1099. So, And also, we don't know here if Victoria is married and it might be worth mentioning that yes. if, if Victoria, you had enough earnings and you were married um, and your, your husband had not contributed to a Roth IRA or an IRA of any kind, you could also make a contribution for him as long as you had enough earned income to do it yep. um, as well. Yep, exactly. So always working in the view of mirror, but yes, any contributions you're making to those accounts this year, calendar year 2023, your income in 2023 doesn't count for that. All they're worried about is what did you do in 2022? All right. So uh, again, Sam, your final thoughts about what you can do for our listeners. Well, that's, you know, all of these questions that we had today are, are, you know, they're very typical of the types of things that people ask us when they come in. What do I need to think about in choosing an advisor? Hey, here's what I've saved. Can I afford to retire? That's probably the number one question most of you have when you walk in our door is, can I retire? Um, what are the tax implications? How can I make contributions? Where do I withdraw money from? What tax bracket am I going to be on? On and on and on and on. So uh, that's what the first meeting is all about. You get to know us. We get to know you. We should be able to give you at least a sense of what direction you're going in. And we can make a cumulative decision between the two of us to see, are we a fit for you? Are you a fit for us? And would it make sense for us to explore down the road a little further to see if dual financial strategies would be the firm to guide you to and through retirement? 866-203-7486. That's the way you reach uh, Sam, Andy, or Luke at Dual Financial Strategies. Because as they mentioned before, and you must know the definition of a fiduciary, that means you come first. It's your best interest in mind that they have for your retirement. So it's 866-203-7486 to get that no cost, no obligation first appointment uh, so that you can get uh, the uh, underpinnings, uh, the foundation of their retirement 
Retirement Lifestyle Review. Once again, 866-203-7486. Well, it's been a great show, Sam. Your final thoughts. Hey, thanks everybody for listening in. We really appreciate your support and your loyalty. Catch us again here next week. Same time, same place. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.